What is up? What a tune. Left hand free. What an absolute banger. Outer Biscuit. Great show. We're going to touch on that later. But more importantly, GG Jar Podcast is back. Uh, We're starting up our winter portion with Needles being gone, being in New Tampa, getting his hands dirty down there. We bring in Tommy Rooney, a.k.a. T-Wizzle. That's what the broads call him. Straight out of Milton, Mass., just 15 minutes south of Boston. The kid is an absolute stud. Uh, We're happy to have him. Tommy, how does it feel to join the GGGR podcast winner portion? Uh, I mean, it feels great. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be in the clubhouse with uh, with you, Woody. Filling for Needles. I'm sure he's a great dude. I'm ready to get going. Yeah, I mean, Needles is a great guy. Um, but we are going to give you kind of our practice plan here. Um, so we're going to touch on Eichel in that Vegas trade. And then we are going to talk about a little bit of college hockey um you know we just saw northeastern harvard in an absolute pillow fight ended in overtime and then we're going to touch on the bean pot tournament in february we're going to talk about our predictions and then we're going to touch outer banks uh me and tommy's favorite show uh we're going to kind of break down season two and then talk talk about stokesy and kleiner's relationship moving forward and what that brings to season three um so let's get it going here Tommy, what do you think about Jack Eichel going to the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, I mean, I mean, first off, I think I think Ike Daddy. I think he's one of the best players in the league when he's healthy and when he's going. I think that trade is nuts. I think it's great for both teams. The way they like, the way they welcomed him in Vegas with that with that band right when he opened the door was sick. You know, that's something we dream about. Uh, I think he's gonna do great, uh, and I, I'm, I gotta pray for Tuck. I mean, he said he he said he's he's happy to be in Buffalo. He's dreamed of it because he's from somewhere in New York. But you couldn't pay me to live in Buffalo. No, I mean Buffalo. It, it just seems like every guy that plays there is just not happy. Um, they're miserable. Um, so Eichel's last two teams were Calgary in vegas and you know i was talking to tommy about it in the locker room i'm just like it's a no-brainer go to vegas i mean you're not leaving buffalo to go play for calgary it's not like calgary's in a much better such situation i mean yeah they, they they're having a cup of coffee in the playoffs here and there but they're not competing for the lord stanley let's not kid ourselves vegas has been a team ever since they joined the league they're competing to the dance right every year and they got a great squad and to and like tommy said jack eichel is just so fun to watch his skating is unbelievable that guy can snap the pill around better than anybody in the league um you know he's a top four guy um shooting that thing in the slot and i mean he he can flout out play he can take it to the hoop any day of the week so um you know i'm happy for vegas and and like tommy said i hope alex tuck uh he's a great player bc um he had an outstanding college career there and uh you know i hope that nothing but the best for him in buffalo um so tommy yesterday northeastern huskies take on harvard at matthews arena um you know run me through the game what did you think uh i mean two sick teams going at it the barn was packed 
I mean packed. I've never seen Northeastern that packed. Uh, you know, at first and second period, they were going at it. I mean, it was a 1-1 tie going into the third, I believe. Or Northeastern might have tied it up in the third, but just a sick game. And going into OT with that much talent on the ice, you knew you knew it wasn't going to end in a tie. And we saw it 10 ticks in. Fontaine, he took it to the hoop. He beat his D-man, and it was just a sick goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a great game. Um, you know, Harvard had a power play. Um, Aiden McDonough, Northeastern's leading scorer, ended up getting kicked out in the third period, and Harvard had a five-minute power play. And once they didn't finish finish that off, I mean, you kind of knew Northeastern was going to win the game. Um, and like you said, Gunnar Wolfontaine had a big goal in overtime to give the Huskies two points. Um, but those two teams are uh, competing for the Beanpot, uh, Beanpot teams. And um, so... I just want to ask you, Tommy, who do you think, I mean, we've seen Northeastern play, we've seen BC play live, um, I haven't seen BU, but you, you saw Harvard play as well, um, who's your favorite right now to win the Beanpot? Yeah, so, I don't know a ton about BU and BC, I know they're both struggling, I think, I mean, BC just lost to the Dirty Mac, and no offense, Woody, but they also lost to the UVM squad, which... Isn't a good, isn't a good thing. Great point, great point. So, uh, I'm gonna have to say my favorite so far is gonna be the Crimson. Yeah. I mean, after watching their first line go to work, it's just nuts how much skill they have. And uh, number two, I think it'll be Northeastern, with, right with them. You know, we saw a great game yesterday. I think it was a preview to what we'll see in February, but I think Crimson's gonna take this one. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. Right now, um, if we're going to throw in our predictions right now in this season, we're taking the Harvard. Um, I mean, like you said, BC, I mean, they've had some great wins, like the Northeastern win at their barn, Conte Forum, and then they took on um, Denver at their barn as well. And those are two big wins against two very good ball clubs. But then they lose to Bentley. They get buried by Bentley. They lose to the Dirty Mac, like you said, and they lose to UVM. They split the league in, with UVM. And UVM, I mean, that, I think that was their first win of the year. So um, I, I just don't think BC is consistent enough for me to say right now that they're going to win the bean pot. And it's the same thing with Northeastern. They've had some very good wins, and they're getting hot right now. I mean, the, the win against Harvard was was great. But then they they get buried by UConn. It, it's just some of those losses to me, um, I can't really say they're the favorite to win the bean pot. And it's the same thing with BU. I mean, they, they have gotten off to a slow start as well. So I agree with you. My favorite to win right now is Harvard. Um, they, I mean, all those teams have talented guys, but um, I, I just think the consistency for me is the only reason why I'm going to go with Harvard on this. Um, but now let's let's get into uh, the big conversation that we, we we always love to have. What are your what is your thoughts on Outer Banks season two? Uh, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I think I sat down in one sitting and watched watched the whole season. I mean, with with Kleiner, with Stokesy, 
you can't you can't not love it and uh you know they leave you on a cliffhanger uh leading you into season three i think it i think it's absolute bullshit that klein doggy do and stokesy broke up outside of outside of the uh outside of the show and i think that'll be important going into season three yeah no i i agree um you know as as far as season two uh, you know, I thought it was a slow start, and then it really, once they got back to Outer Banks, it really started to pick up, right? Um, I just think, my my problem is, is a lot of people that I've talked to weren't really happy, because with, with the amount of jam that was in that show, and how much, like, everybody had a chance to die in that season and no one end up dying and I talked to you about this after the season and I'm like listen as much as I would want Ward Cameron in the TV show Outer Banks to pass away he brings so much to that show I mean he's the best bad guy in that show I mean if you're gonna leave the bad guy role to rave Cameron I don't like that show because Rafe, sure, he's not a good guy and the guy just absolutely hammers nose beers left and right and will occasionally shoot his sister in the chest, which, I mean, for a bad guy, that is a lot of heat that he's bringing. But he's just, I, I, I think Rafe, I think War brings just so much to the table and it's big to have him around. But like you said, what do you think season three with Sarah Cameron and John B like we all know they were dating in the TV show and off the TV show and now at least from all the sources we got they're done they're done so what does that leave season three is there going to be is it going to be weird do you think the the acting is going to be bad because like I said they're they have a very strong relationship in the TV show so what What's going to happen there? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, in season season one and two, you can tell they're a little touchy. You can tell outside of the show they have a little business going on. But for season three, if if, if they're not with each other outside of Outer B, I think it's just going to be a hostile environment. I mean, I honest, hot take here, I don't think they're going to date in the show in season three. I think they might split apart. Wow, wow, that is a big hot take. Um, I mean, that's where the question lands is just like, what's going to happen there? I mean, they have such a strong relationship on on and off the set, it looked like, just based off social media and watching the TV show from season one to season two. And now that they're done, I mean, it's kind of tough to act like... Kleiner has to act like she's in love with her ex-boyfriend on a TV show. Like, that's a tough task to ask.
What is up, GG Jar Nation? We're back with episode two. Um, we're here with Runer again. Runer, how we feeling? I'm doing good. I'm pumped. I'm ready to film. Got a big cracky today after a tough loss. Um, but I'm looking forward to this this weekend and this upcoming break. Yeah, so we just want to quickly touch on episode one. Um, you know, the boys had a little bit of a rookie mistake. We tried filming a potty on the bus ride home um, from our practice. We were on I-93 South heading right to Cape Cod um, and almost got in an accident. And it kind of cut our episode a little bit short. So we didn't really get to touch our full uh, summary as far as Outer Banks. Um, so we'll do that again. We're going to talk a little National League like we always do. And I got a little uh, story to tell you. We had a little travel to Auburn, uh, Maine this weekend. Uh, big win for the boys, but uh, had a little incident with the bus driver. So uh, we'll touch all that today. Um, we'll just start off with this. Runer, what, what can you say right now about Connor Mick Jesus and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Leon Dreisaitl right now has 31 points in 14 GPs. Okay, so that's over two points per game. Okay, that's that, that's that's my old man's beer league stats. Okay, and Mick Jesus has 27, I believe, in 14 GPs. Ridiculous. What's your thoughts on these two in the full 82 games? What do you see these guys hitting this year? Yeah, I mean, those two together on the ice, it's like, it's like putting Gretzky and Orr out there. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, with dry with Dreisky already having thirty one, and how many games do they play? Fourteen GPS. Fourteen. That's just crazy. I think, I think he's gonna end up, him and McGee's. I think they could end up both around one twenty. Yeah. If they keep this up, I mean. I think they could get there. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you check. I mean, every morning I feel like when I check NHL on the fly, I sit. I see McDavid at least down for three helpers. At least. Dreisaitl's at least getting a top two bingos, maybe a couple tussles in there as well. Um, they just rack up the stat sheet, and it's just crazy. Um, you know, we talked about this in the GG Jar Summer segment. Just how, like, Connor McDavid at his professional sport might be the most dominant. He really might. I, I mean, agree. two points per game is ridiculous. I mean, even being a point-per-game guy in any league is is very respectable. Um, but to be two is just, I mean, that's absurd. Um, props to him. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. I mean, right now through um, the NHL season, who's your favorite to uh, to win the Cup? Um, I mean, I gotta go bees. I'm a home, hometown kid. Uh, the top line's buzzing. I think Marshawn's got like almost ten goals already. The rat. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to go bees, and if not the bees, definitely, definitely the Oilers. Uh, I mean, I think they had a good start. Uh, I think Carolina. Carolina and the Panthers are both, I don't know if they're still hot, but yeah. to start the season, I think they went undefeated through like 10, yeah. which is yeah. ridiculous in the national, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on that, I mean, you talked about the Oilers winning the cup. 
Um, I, I kind of, you know, talking about the Oilers ball club year in, year out, it's kind of with all the first round picks they've gotten over the years, it's always been one of those things, just like Buffalo. Oh, we're going to be good next year. We're going to be good the next year. Um, it just kind of has been a continuing story for those organizations, but I really do truly think the Oilers, this is kind of their year. Maybe not to win the cup, but make a deeper playoff run. Um, it's just them and the Toronto Maple Leafs. They can't finish their dinner. They always leave a little bit of chicken, a little bit of ketchup and ranch on the plate. You got to finish that up. Delete it. (laughs) Delete it. Okay. And that's my issue with, with, with those teams. I mean, you look at Austin Matthews, puts up 40 bingos in a shortened season last year. Almost a G a game, which props to him. I tip my ball cap. But then he shows up to the first round of the playoffs against Montreal, and he doesn't do squat. When you get to the playoffs, when you talk the dance, you need your big players to perform. And that's been an issue with those ball clubs. Uh, McDavid's kind of been the same thing come playoff time. I mean, when you're coaching against the Oilers, these guys are shadowing Dreisaitl, McDavid, and shutting those guys down. So it's been, uh, you know, and I think McDavid tries to do too much. Uh, but I, I think the Oilers will make a deeper playoff run. My two favorites, and, and you mentioned them, is Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes. And it's interesting because they're in the same division. And I thought that division was the best last year, um, the Central Division. Um, you know, when you talk Tampa, who went back-to-back, you talk Carolina, Florida, just an electric uh, three in that division. So my two teams, I would have to say, is Carolina and the Florida Panthers, yep. basically off their hot start. Um, so, Runes, where where was our road trip on Friday, too? So we went to... Uh... We went to Twin City, Maine. Yeah. They had a nice... Auburn, Auburn, Maine. Auburn, Maine. Uh, we played the Twin City Thunder. They had a nice little fan section, a little fanny going. Uh, wasn't pumped about... We had to go a little early and, and watch the game ahead of us. We yeah. wasn't pumped, but, you know, the boys were talking shop on the bus. Um, the light show pregame that, that that rink displayed was was unreal. It got the boys going. Um I mean, the, the whole night was just a great night besides getting home at at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. I didn't pull into Bridgewater Mass till 2.30. I don't think I ended up hitting the sheets till 3.30 that night. So, And then I woke up the next day. My billet brother had an absolute pillow fight of a semifinal game at New England Sports Center. Shout so I just London. had to go. Shout out to Eric Jr. Lund. Um, but also a funny story. So like Runer said, we... We left a little bit early, okay? When you leave a little bit early, you're kind of sitting around, so the boys need a little bit of energy. And I'm kind of the energy guy as far as the locker room. Would you agree with that? I, I would. No, I would agree. Okay. So the boys are like, Woody, go get the bus driver going. So I'm like, all right, boys, I got you. So I roll up, and this guy's name is Phil. So I said, Philly, what's going on? And we're just chatting it up for a bit. And I'm like, Philly. So, like, I started talking broads with him. I was like, Philly, do you have a wife? And this guy's maybe um, mid-70s, maybe high 60s. So I'm thinking, like, 68 to 75 range, right? So this guy, um, 
He's like, yeah, I have a wife. Uh, we've been married for like, I don't remember what he said. Let's say 30 years. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah, speaking of my wife, we got to get this bus home as soon as possible. Because my wife, when I get home from roadies, acts like an absolute teenager. So this guy's still slinging it. In his high 60s, mid-70s. Um, and it was just an electric, electric story. Um, so props to Philly. Uh, we want to make sure we give him a mention in GG part, uh, podcast. Um, we always want to share at least one story uh, yep. per episode. So let's get back to what we tried to finish in episode one. Let's talk Outer Banks. So the big thing is, Runer's take was that they're not getting back in season three. And do you see her getting with Topper? Uh, I mean, you see season two, you see her and Topper kind of, remember that outside party was kind of a, kind of a weird spot, but yeah, they were kind of gelling. They were gelling. It it had me on my tippy toes a little bit, not going to lie. And Stokesy was a little jealous, I think. Yeah, I think Stokesy and Kleiner were a little bit of jealousy in that scene. Um, you know, it ended up in a fight. Uh, I think Kleiner went over to the girl Stokesy was talking to and was like, oh, you already moved on? Mm -hmm. Am I just another sidekick to you? Or she said yeah. something along the lines yeah. of that gave him a little bit of attitude, which I love. I mean, love you that. you gotta love a girl that's a missile like her, and she gives a little bit of attitude. I think what makes her so attractive is just the it's her personality. It's mm-hmm. the jam she brings. She gives it. She's nice, uh, but she gives it. She takes it. She's a beauty. I don't like the the looks of her top lip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just yeah. that's the only thing that does it for me, but but I I think maybe season 3 her and Topski might might be a thing together. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, one other question cuz this is a big topic in season 2 that I I love to talk about. Who do you think is in the wrong? So, she ended up basically breaking up with John B. In the middle of season two, I think it was like Appy 7, I want to say on the top of my head. Um, so Appy 7, she broke up with them. And it had partially to do with, at the time, we thought her old man passed away. And John B's kind of doing a little ice sweep in the background. A little couple fist pumps. And she didn't like that. Do you think J- John B or Sarah... Like, do you think Sarah's in the wrong for breaking up with him there? Or do you think John B. shouldn't be doing that? I think Sarah is in the wrong 100%. Mr. Mr. Cameron tried to kill Johnny B. at one point. I don't know. Was that season one? Basically the whole show. Yeah, and and not to mention, he paid people money to yeah. go kill him in jail. And not to mention, Mr. Cameron, at what we thought until the last episode, but at the time when they broke up, we knew Mr. Cameron as killing Johnny Biscuit's old man. If, if someone's trying to kill me and I see him dead, I'm throwing up a fist pump. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to not have that guy on my back. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's not like she was he was there for Sarah day in, day out. If he was there for Sarah and cared about her, he would stop what he's doing because clearly Sarah cares about Johnny B. So lay off the kid, right? Yep, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So 
Uh, but yeah, so rumor has it, obviously, they broke up. They broke up in real life, and like we talked about in, season, in, uh, in our first episode of the winter season, we were kind of like, the thing that makes it tough about this acting, first two seasons, they didn't have to act. They actually liked each other. And now it's to the point where I think they still have feelings for each other deep down, but they don't want to act like they like each other. I think that's what it comes to. That's most breakups. That's what it comes to. So that's what it provides. It's going to be tough. I don't know if the acting is going to be great season three. That's my take. Um, If you want to call it a hot take, that's my hot take. Season three's acting is going to be terrible as far as John B. and Sarah because they didn't have to act in in season one and two because they actually liked each other. So it made it so easy for them. And Yeah, you agree? Yeah, I do. I I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, I think... I think... uh, Definitely, Sarah. Fuck me. Sarah? What about a Sarah? She's a missile? Yeah, we all know she's a missile, right? Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my take. And, and it's also, like, I think they got to they gotta, um, they gotta take out the drama. Like, I'm starting to see a little bit of drama on social media. You got to take that out. And the reason why you have to take that out is just because you... They're just going to, like, they're working together, right? When you work together, if they're not seeing eye to eye, that's going to mess up their whole job. Mm -hmm. We're talking about their profession right now. So if they're not seeing eye to eye, they're in shambles. So they got to figure it out. Uh, I think it's either going to work out really well, they'll end up getting back together, or it's going to be very bad. I don't see an in-between. Would you agree? Yep. What I was going to say there is um, that TikTok of Cameron bawling her eyes out. Yeah. Talking about Stokesy. I mean, that's that's kind of got to go. If if they're going to rejoin together, I think they got to either get back together or make amends with one each other and say, we got to grow up. This is our profession. The people got to get what they want to see. Exactly. Um, they got to they gotta do something. But like I said... Like I said, we need we need them to be good because me and Roners are just die hard, die hard outer biscuit fans. So we wanted to make sure we touched on that. We want to make sure we touched on that uh, before we leave. But um, GG Jar Podcast Episode Two signing off. Keep a sneaker on it. Good night, Jim Kite. Let's go. Let's go!